Welcome to Benevolence, where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table. I'm your host, Ceci Diaz. As always, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for supporting Benevolence Podcast. I pray that as you tune in every week, you are empowered, blessed, and encouraged to be the best version of yourself. You are tuning into Episode 2, The Scenic Route. And on this episode of Benevolence, I have a very special guest who will be joining me at the table. She is sweet, kind, and carries grace everywhere she goes. She is a wonderful wife and mother. She comes from an amazing family, and I'm so excited to have her join me at the table today. So without further ado, I have the wonderful Rebecca Johnson joining me at the table. This conversation was recorded digitally due to our season of social distancing. So make sure to sit back, relax, and enjoy this amazing testimony by the lovely Rebecca Johnson. Enjoy. Oh, yes, of course. Um, well, I was brought up in Assembly of God Church. My parents, both Christians from before I was born, they um, raised me in church. So nothing out of the ordinary in growing up, a regular upbringing. Um, I was really involved in youth group. I had friends in high school and school, but most of my friends and the people I hung out with were youth group. So mm -hmm. really involved in my church. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> normal upbringing. My parents are both wonderful parents. I have nothing to complain about with them. Um, they raised me to believe in God and they raised me with Jesus as the center of our house. So yeah. it was a, it was a, Great childhood and adolescence. I have nothing, nothing really major happened, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is good. Yes. Um, I went to college. I went to South, I went to UCF actually for one semester. Okay. And I, and I decided oh, I'd rather go to like a smaller private Christian school. So I changed to Southeastern in January in the middle of the year. Um, went to Southeastern and that's where I met my first husband okay and i met him pretty much as soon as i went to southeastern mm. and same southeastern i was involved in choir i was a music major so a lot of rehearsals and practices and uh, normal college yeah Christian college, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, normal Christian college experience. <laughs> um, we, I was with my ex-husband all through college. We were together. Okay. And pretty much before that in high school, I never really had like a serious, I dated the stuff. Of course, I went to prom with someone and mm -hmm. did all that stuff, but I never had like a serious relationship. I, I guess I kind of felt like I was waiting. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I just never really tried to have one. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had dating here and there, but but in college, when is when I had the first serious relationship with my ex-husband. Okay. So, um, we dated all through college. We graduated together. Started our careers. I started teaching when I was twenty-one. <laughs> wow. Um. He. We dated May, like a year or two after college is when we got married. So let me think. We got married in 2000, so two years after college. Uh -huh. we, got, we got engaged about a year after college. I was always very, I'm a, I'm a planner. 
and I yeah. was very responsible. I'm like, I'm going to graduate first. I'm going to start my career and yeah. then we'll get married. So I did everything according to plan and yes. you know, the right way of doing things. That's pretty much my personality. Mm-hmm. Do things the right way. Um, so we got married in 2000 and everything was fine. Normal marriage mm-hmm. and bought a house starting you know, starting married life, just starting your life in your yeah. early, early 20s. Um, so in 2004, four years after we were married, in March of 2004, all of a sudden he was like, I'm not happy. I was like, what? Oh, wow. what? <laughs> it was very blindsiding for me. Mm-hmm. Um, we never, never really fought in our marriage, never argued, never fought. I pretty much did what he wanted not because he forced me to but he it was pretty much he chooses things and I follow kind of yeah mm-hmm. which I'm kind of a personality that would that's just easy for me to do you know yeah so it was but we never fought it was I was happy I thought I was happy wow <laughs> but um he did work a lot he would go he worked for the um Orlando Magic, so he'd have to go to like every game. He would travel with the team and stuff. He was gone a lot, okay. which was fine with me. I was okay with that. Yeah. But um, nothing, no, nothing that really. Now that I look back at it, there is, but at the time, I couldn't see what was why all of a sudden he would want to leave or yeah. he was unhappy. Mm-hmm. So he told me he was unhappy in March, and in. We went to counseling for a couple times. We went to marriage counseling. Okay. Um, and then he was like, oh, this is not working for me. We only went like twice to marriage mm-hmm. counseling. But um, no, this isn't working for me. So then he packed up all his stuff and moved out. And I was wow. just sitting there in an empty closet like, what in the world? Oh, my god. I was goodness. like, it was devastating. Yeah. So I... Um, I just was lost. I was all of a sudden, what you plan, because I'm a big planner, yeah. <laughs> what you plan is all gone, like your whole life. Gone. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's like a death, really. Um, although he said, oh, no, I don't want to get divorced. I just need time apart. So I, I was like, okay, you know, I'll do whatever. Marriage is for life. Yeah. So I'll do whatever it takes to fix whatever this is. Um, so he moved out. And we still went to a couple more counselings after he moved out, but he really, it was pretty much the whole time, him, mm. you know, pointing fingers at me. You do this, you do this, you do this. And I was like, oh, yes, I'm sorry. I'll do whatever. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty bad. But um, after a couple times, he was like, um, I just, this isn't working. So I think we're just going to stay separated. I'm not talking, I'm not thinking about divorce. We're just going to be separated for a while. Okay. So that's when I started doing digging. That's yeah. when I started being like, there's something not adding up here. Mm-hmm. So I started digging. I knew all his information, all his accounts and stuff, but I started like looking into things and I realized, no, he has been like out and, you know, having affairs and sleeping around and wow. doing all kinds of stuff. So I even called a phone number that was on there a lot. That, like, 
plane ticket was bought for, so the name was there. So I I I figured out there's a bunch of stuff going on, and I won't go too yeah. deep into it. But there was there was definitely reasons he left. <laughs> so oh, okay. that kind of it, it kind of I don't want to say it it released me kind of I guess yeah because then I was like okay this is the reason why it wasn't me mm-hmm. <laughs> although you know when someone tells you it's you it's you it's you you start to believe them yeah <laughs> but anyway the damage was done with that mm-hmm. but um <clears throat> so then I realized okay something's going on I I can kind of let it go but the hurt was still there yeah so I, I kept going to counseling so he he did sit like he filed for divorce and I found out in the papers that he like even took pictures of everything in the house before he moved out. Even though he said he didn't want to get divorced, he took pictures mm-hmm. of everything. So that was the plan pretty much from the beginning. Wow. So um <clears throat> so he left, filed for divorce, we got divorced, it was final, we there was we had no children or anything, so we just had to do the house and I stayed in the house, which ooh, probably was a big mistake. Wow. <laughs> but I stayed there. I didn't want any more changes. I was like, no more changes. I just want to stay here. Yeah. But um, but we got the divorce was finalized in November of that same year. And that was it. I never really had to talk to him or see him again. Wow. And that was it for his part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the damage was already done. Now that I look back, I see all the the little manipulations. Yeah. Like even when we were married, <clears throat> um, like he would be like, "Why don't you wear this?" or "I like your hair like that." Little manipulations of him, like wanting me to be a certain way. Yeah. And and actually, I did change to, you know, I did change how I was kind of mm-hmm. like more materialistic which I was never, that never mattered to me before. Yeah. Um, so the marriage did change me now that I look back at it. Mm-hmm. And then I, he kind of, what's the term they use? Gaslighting. <laughs> so looking back, I did see, I mean, at the time, of course, in the marriage, I was happy. But looking back, I do see all the little things that uh-huh. he did do to manipulate things, man- manipulate me, which I believe he did that even in college, our whole relationship, mm-hmm. uh, he would, he would try to get me, he was very, he was a good salesman mm-hmm. and very good at talking people into things, which wow. is still, he's still good at that. So, <laughs> um, so he, he was very good at manipulation without even me noticing, you know what I mean? Yeah. So he would do little things. But even even the even when he left, for example, when he left, saying, "Oh no, I'm not going to get divorced. Don't worry." Just to, but he knew all along what he was doing. Yeah, was a bunch of manipulation. Mm-hmm. And after going to counseling those few times, I I felt first of all, you have a bunch of things going on here at once. My life as I knew it is gone. It's it's no more. It's, yes gone forever it's like a death they say you grieve like divorce is like a death mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I never planned on getting divorced that yeah. once you're married I was sure because once you're married that's it that's how I was raised that's 
that's it. You do things to work it out. Mm -hmm. So that whole thing is going on. I feel failure because my short marriage is ending in divorce. Yeah. Um, You feel failure on one part. And then also all the, all the things he's accused me of, like in, um, in counseling saying, Oh, you do this, you do this. I don't like this. This is your fault. This is your fault. And so all these things, it's all the 20, how old was I? 23, all the 23 years of self-esteem that I had mm-hmm. kind of like blown out of the water. Wow. Like my parents are very supportive and very, like I, I, my whole life, I never had any trust issues or any self-esteem issues because of my parents, you know, they were raising me good. And of course my faith in God. Yeah. So that was like blown out of the water. Everything. It felt like 23 years of things that were, that were me mm-hmm. were gone. Wow. So, so bunch of stuff going on at once. Um, so he was gone. Now I had to deal with this by myself. Mm-hmm. Of course I had my family, but when you feel like a failure, do you really want to go to other people? Exactly. <laughs> no, which you should, you should, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how you get things out of the open. That's how you, that's how you heal when you talk about things and get things out of the open. Mm-hmm. So, but when you feel like a failure, you don't want to, you don't want to go to people and talk about it. I didn't eat. I lost, I lost. Oof, I was like a hundred pounds. I was so skinny. Wow. <laughs> like super skinny. Um, I, I just, it, it was obvious depression. And I would try, I would go to church with my parents. I would be around my parents. But it was just depression, just super yeah. depression. Instead of dealing with it by, like I said, talking about it with my parents, and they of course were there, they of course, but I pushed them away instead because mm-hmm. it's just so, sort of shame, I guess, mm-hmm. and blaming myself. Yeah. Even though I I know it wasn't my fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, especially no now. Um, mm-hmm. but the shame is there and shame is real. So, mm-hmm. so. The shame is what pretty much put isolation. That's exactly what the devil will do. He'll, exactly. he'll, he'll use that shame and that, that, um, the depression to isolate you. That's what he wants. The mm-hmm. devil wants you to be isolated. So, oh, gosh, I'm <laughs> oh, it's okay. <laughs> anyway, um, so after, um, after he left, mm-hmm. I did, I was, like I said, I was around my parents. I did try that way, but pretty much I gave up. Mm-hmm. I didn't blame God. That was not, but it was, I know how long was the devil using mm-hmm. all of this, using all of this, um, all the feelings I felt instead of being able to get over it. He was you know, yeah. speaking to me, all those negative thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. that you have. So anyway, I ignored my parents. I pushed them away. And instead of doing what was right, I just gave up. All the mm-hmm. stuff I knew was right. I just was like, I did, I did everything right for 23 years. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to give up. It's totally depression. Mm-hmm. So it's totally depression. <clears throat> um, so I started hanging around the wrong crowd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like you like a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that, since I didn't go to church, I kind of just gave that up. I um, 
I worked actually a part-time job at um, Banana Republic. Mm-hmm. So in the mall, I worked a part-time job. So okay. there's a lot of people there, not not Christian or anything, but they would always be like, hey, come out, come out with us. Hey, come join us. And there was, mm-hmm. oh, instead of doing what I knew, what I, what I knew was right, which would yeah. be, you know, find get more involved in church and rely on God to help me mm-hmm. do this. I didn't. I, gave, I totally ignored that part that I knew would help me. Um, gave that up and started hanging out with people at the Native Republic and, and uh, people that were not Christian. And they were single and we started going out. And I remember the first few times doing that, I would feel, ugh, yucky. Like, before this, I never drank. I never drank in high school. I never drank in college. Never, ever. And here I am, 20 by this time, 27, 26, mm-hmm. um, drinking for the first time. <laughs> so um, we'd go out and go to clubs the first few times. They feel, ugh, this is like a dark place. You feel that, you know, that in your spirit, you feel, ugh, mm-hmm. just the yuckiness. Like, ugh, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah. But when you ignore that, then it eventually go away. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um we would go out, I would be drinking out in clubs, going out all the time. I started dating a guy that was young and not Christian and started dating and seeing him and hanging out with other people, which of course I should not have been dating anyone at that time. <laughs> been single for a while. <laughs> but um, you just get cover up all that stuff and you get lonely and you just, want instant gratification. It was like instant gratification. So um, hanging with the wrong crowd, that happened. I was doing that for wow, three years, maybe mm-hmm. three or four years. I mean, I stopped dating that guy. I dated him for a year and a half or so. Wow. Um, that and, the, and then when he broke up with me, actually, which is the first time in my life that happened, um, besides the divorce. But um, that was just like another blow, even though I knew I would never marry this guy. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew that. I never, I never brought him home to my parents. There was nothing like, I would never marry him. He was a Christian. Wow. And I knew, I knew, I knew I'd be back eventually, I think, in the back of my mind. Yeah. Not, not thinking about it, but like in subconscious, I was, I knew I'd be eventually stop this, yeah. <laughs> this crazy cycle. Mm-hmm. But um, after that, it kind of got worse when I was single, started hanging out with other people that were single. Um, another group, a couple teachers at my school, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but they were Christian. So mm-hmm. it was just going out all the time and just wasting away. And of course, alcohol is a depressant. So yes. <laughs> that makes depression much worse yes absolutely um my aunt actually came to me and was like she she went she's AA she was an AA she was an alcoholic and she was like um I come to a few meetings with me oh wow and I and I was like oh sure whatever I kind of I hid everything from my parents Mm -hmm. they were they I'm sure they knew but I thought I was hiding yeah sure they knew but um I tried to hide it but if you're out drinking and on the weekends and some weeknights even getting drunk all the time mm-hmm. and doing stupid stuff. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I should have, I should have died. Mm-hmm. I should have died lots of times. I was left downtown by myself drunk. 
and oh some my random person would bring me home and I would uh-huh. wake up at my house. I did not know how to drink pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Not that there's a right way or wrong way. There's some <laughs> drinking. But you know what I mean? It was like I was I a teenager. Yeah, I know what you mean. And a 27 year old body. Yeah. <laughs> kept drinking and drinking. And so pile on, never drinking before, plus all the problems I wanted to mm-hmm. get over. Well, that one on top of the other, and it, it's a big mess. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, blacking out, like, serious, not remembering things for hours, waking up in my house and being like, how did I get here? <laughs> so dangerous, dangerous. I could have died <laughs> so uh-huh. many times. So, um, after years of that, years, years, like four or five years, wow. um, my, it's my parents. My parents got me out of it. Wow. So, thank God for them. Yes. Yes. Thank God for my parents. Mm. But um, they prayed. They prayed and prayed and prayed. They were Mm. on their knees all the time praying for me. And that's what what finally got me out. Yeah. I think rock bottom, they say you hit rock bottom. I think I hit it a lot. And yeah. I would get back I would get back up and do something dumb again and hit it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so just just blacking out all the time and stuff. Eventually my parents are like come I was still I'm still kind of kind of a people pleaser a little bit. Yeah. Like so I would still do they would say, Hey, come over my parents would I would still want to please my parents. Mm-hmm. So I hit a lot, a lot from them because I don't want them to be ashamed of me. Yeah. Shame. So, um, ooh. <laughs> um, so I, w- I would hide a lot from them. Um, yeah. So, um, but I would still, like, they would say, hey, come to church with us, or hey, do this with us. So I would still do it. Like, yeah. I remember showing up to, like, family things. I was being hungover. <laughs> oh, wow. Which, like, they probably don't know that, but now they do. <laughs> um <laughs> So I would, it was, it was bad, but I would still like, I would go to church still, like probably hung over the night before too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would still try to please them. So I'd say, because I kept trying, I kept going. Yeah. I think that's, that's a, a lesson in itself because if you have someone that's not, not listening, you're praying for them, then mm-hmm. keep praying, keep praying because eventually you'll get through you will. amen amen so. amen um, so i i started going to um church and my aunt even invited me to a group called celebrate recovery which mm-hmm. is like a christian aa pretty much okay. but it's not just for alcoholics it's for it's, i forget their slogan they have a slogan um for hurts and hang ups all hurts and hang ups so it's like okay. it's for depression like there was there was it was women only and they split up into women and men so i would go to a couple of those meetings and i oof difficult it's difficult to pull off that yeah that mask you're hiding behind shame yeah that's difficult but i, I kept going because she kept saying come on please you know asking me so i kept going and eventually we started working on things. I, I would see all these other people that had, they were um, like victims of sexual abuse 
mm-hmm. or depression or it's all different problems some some people like one that husband had this problem with drugs so it's not just people that were alcoholics or drug addicts although they're there too but yeah they they talk about everything pretty much mm-hmm. healing healing from whatever problems you are going through yeah so i started going to that started going through the notebooks and stuff we had four notebooks we went through and we did homework and everything and i, I that process really it's kind of helped me be like what in the world am I doing <laughs> wow. yeah. this is not this is not happiness this is just covering covering mm-hmm. up a huge problem I'm not I'm not healing so going through that process helped me um be able to heal and once I was able to heal then I can I was ready for whatever God had for me I had to heal first so um yeah. went through all four notebooks did all the meetings started going back to church at first I hated it I did not want to do it I would yeah. I would still go out drinking with other friends because right now right at that time my only friends I had were those kind of people that were not Christian I didn't have any Christian friends mm-hmm. so and single friends and I I did have people that reached out to me my best friend growing up she they would all reach out to me but it was hard to talk to them because there they are in their marriages yeah there they, there they are happy mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and look it just reminded me of what i what i lost wow yeah so so if someone's pushing you away it's probably just pain you know what i mean mm-hmm. absolutely so, um i always cry <laughs> no cry it's okay stuff. girl <laughs> <laughs> oh, i always cry like god please don't make me cry but no it's fine (laughs) it's okay um and you know i don't cry because like sadness anymore it's not i'm not sad i cry Mm. because i'm just thinking about what i've been through and where i am now where i am now (laughs) Mm -hmm, absolutely yeah so you see me in church i cry there too (laughs) no trust me i understand (laughs) um so i i started doing all that and started healing and eventually that that little voice when you're out out and like drinking you know doing all i would do both for a while but then eventually i was like oh this is it's disgusting to me i don't Mm -hmm. i don't want to do this anymore so Mm -hmm. i started um going back to church i wasn't really involved in church but at least i was turning away all the other stuff I was not going out and drinking anymore yeah I, I I really did not want to have anything to do with it. so um it was it was I was like over it, <laughs> it yeah mm-hmm. I realized you know this is what I, I realized all along I knew that all along I was brought up Christian but um I was like yeah this other stuff not working not healing so I started I stopped going out I stopped doing things with the people that I knew were not a good influence yeah and I just relied on my family again until I got involved in church and I I would try I would try to find the people that were reaching out to me the whole time I did have Christian friends but I just ignored them because most of them were married or had kids and mm-hmm. it was too upsetting for me to be around them yeah um so <laughs> thank god that they didn't give up on me mm-hmm. <laughs> or my, my parents yes. 
Um, so I started, and right after this, God, God's timing is perfect always. Um, right after I finished all those notebooks and started like really healing and stopped going out anymore, yeah. that's when my friend from college, he was here. I, he lived, I don't know if he lived in LA or Las Vegas. He moved around a lot. Anyway, at the time, mm-hmm. he was here. Out of, he used to live here, but then he came and visited. He's like, hey, we're going. We're going out. Do you want to go with us to, rest, to go eat somewhere? And they went to like a karaoke place. Anyway, so I went and um, and I was talking to him. He's like, so why are you still single? Because it had been. I got divorced in 2004, and this was 2011. Okay. So seven years later. <laughs> so he's like, why are you still single? I was like, well, I don't know. I haven't found anyone. Anyway, we started talking. He's like, well, what do you like? And I started telling him all of my things I like. Because I do, hey, every girl has a list. Mm-hmm. They should at least. <laughs> they should have a list. <laughs> Yes. You not settle. You should have. Absolutely. You write down, you know what you want, you know what works, you know what you want in it. Man, you should not settle for someone else. You wait till mm-hmm. you get that list because yes. it does happen. <laughs> um, so I was telling him what I wanted. He's like, I have a friend. Oh, do you want to go on a blind date? I was like, okay. Oh <laughs> sure, my I guess I've never been on one. <laughs> so although my parents met on a blind date and my mm-hmm. grandparents met on a blind date so blind date wow yeah. look at that <laughs> look but, at um, that <laughs> so um so I was like yeah sure I guess sure he, he's like he's a Christian I was like yes that's good I need to find one a good Christian man yes <laughs> I was how old was I 30s early 30s so by this time, um, it's hard because as a Christian, most people are married young. Yeah, so yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's hard to find someone that's not. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I was like, sure. And I guess he gave, he said, okay, I'll talk to him. I'll let you know. So anyway, a couple months went by and he's like, here, here's his phone number. I forget how we, I think we, I don't remember if we, he arranged a meeting, I think. I don't know okay. if he talked on the phone or not. But um, we arranged to meet at Downtown Disney. And that's when I met Omar Johnson. Wow. So, <laughs> and it was seven years, 2011, seven years after um, this roller coaster thing I went through for seven years. Yeah. But I think seven years, uh, if I'm not right, if I'm not wrong, I mean, mm-hmm. um, seven years is like new is it new beginnings no seven years is like completion or something yeah if you look into the bible um uses the word god uses the number seven a lot Mm -hmm. so it was pretty there's a lot of things when i talk about omar and i meeting a lot of things that line up with yeah like biblically It, it was like everything fell into place which is another sign that i knew this was the right person for me yeah um so we met in april of 2011 and i'm very quiet so even though i'm talking a lot today kind of but (laughs) (laughs) trying on 
Um, but I'm very, I'm very quiet person when it comes to like small talk. Uh, I'm not, that's not my favorite thing. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not, I'll, I'll talk about something I know, talk, talk about something that has a purpose. Yeah. <laughs> I'll talk to school all day. Same. But anyway, but when you date, what do you do? You small talk a lot. So it's pretty quiet. And he'll tell you, he was like, I think it's going horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the days that he would he would call Angel, my friend's name is Angel, and he would say, "I think the dates are going horrible." Which he grew up with Angel, by the way, and I went to college with Angel. Uh-huh. He we know like the same people. It's weird. Um, but he would tell Angel, "I think it's she doesn't talk. I think it's really <laughs> bad." And see, I don't feel I don't feel awkward in silence. I don't no. know. It's not. I'm like, eh, it doesn't feel that weird to me. But I mean, I did talk, but I wouldn't be like laughing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't go on and on. I don't do. I don't do that. I never uh-huh. do. That. Um. Anyway, he thought it was going horrible. But um. And I was telling Angel, "Hey, it's it's great. I like him." <laughs> so he's just like, "What in the world is going on?" <laughs> so he's like, "You need to tell him you like him." Then <laughs> anyway, so we dated. But after a few months, though. We knew. We were like, that's it. You're it. That's it. So we actually talked about marriage, I think in July was the first time. Mm-hmm. About the same year. So April, May, June, July. Four months later. Wow. So, yeah, it was pretty fast. But we knew. And it's, it's so weird because me, the planner, mm-hmm. the first time I was with the person, I was with my ex-husband for, <laughs> we were together for four, five, five years. Uh-huh. Almost six, got married. I did everything, you know, the way that you think planning should be, you know, exactly. start your career, get married. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and so together 10 years and that did work. So yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't work. People, you know, whatever yeah. works for you. But, exactly. but I'm saying this time it was totally opposite. So we met in April, started talking about marriage in July. We didn't get married till the next year. Mm-hmm. Got married in March, March 2012, but um, it was only 11 months after I met him. So, wow. but there's so many things that he has that I did not get in my first marriage. Yeah. And I don't, I didn't feel at the time I was settling. Mm-hmm. I just felt like kind of fell into it, kind of, because I yeah. met him as soon as I got to college. It kind of fell into that and fell into I'm big routine person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, change is not great for me like yeah. I'm not someone who loves change so I think that's what happened the first time but um but all the things that I look back and see were wrong with the first one and there's nothing with Omar none of those things wow. like all the things I wanted from the time I was a teenager mm-hmm. all the things I wanted in the man he has them all oh and he's he's loyal to a fault I don't have to worry like even I should have trust issues Mm-hmm. because you know it kind of follows you but I don't because he's so loyal and so I just don't because it's right you know what I mean yeah like I trust him I mm-hmm. I've, I, I have healed from the other thing too but it does come up sometimes you know some things but um he just deals with me with grace that's awesome <laughs> so Omar, Omar is full of grace so um so so loyal so I even little stupid things mm-hmm. that don't matter too much like for example um in church 
like when I was going to church, was still going out. Like I would still go to church mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, I would be like, you know, I would, I would like to, because I, I'm a music teacher. I'm, a, I'm music. I was a voice major. Mm-hmm. So I, I would look at the, the person leading worship and be like, you know, it would be cool if I could have that in common. Mm. If I could find a, a husband who isn't music like me and he leads worship and knows how to play instruments and can do all that stuff. It would be cool. I, nothing I like was like, please God, give me this. Yeah. Nothing like that. But he did give it to me. Exactly. So that shows you even the little things. So That's awesome. God even wants you to like, he, he looks out for you no matter what, <laughs> like even things, little things that you don't think matter that much. He, he, he wants you, he wants you to be happy. He's giving you the desires of your heart. Amen. If you, if you follow him. So, Amen. so we got married, have my two kids, which I love mm-hmm. uh, beyond measure. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're going to be, oh, you're getting too old. They're four and six right now, but yeah, <laughs> summer they'll be seven and seven and five. Oh, they're too big. But anyway, <laughs> so that's my long winded testimony oh my goodness Rebecca, thank you thank you for sharing it's so beautiful and just to see like how god was with you all along you know from start to finish mm-hmm. and even in moments where you felt like he wasn't around or maybe you had taken a couple steps away from god you know he was still there and still protecting yeah, yeah still, still protecting, protecting. absolutely mm-hmm. so I, I just want to oh, thank yeah. you first and foremost because i know you know, I know you're a little shy, so I know it takes a lot of courage to um, share your story with us, but I just, I really appreciate it. And I've heard your story before and I'm like, I got to talk to Rebecca because this girl got a story, you know? Um, so first, thank you um, for, for sharing well, with thank us. Thank you for asking me because I, I believe the more you talk about things, the easier mm-hmm. it gets. Like, it's, it's just, God, God made me go through that for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I need to use that for Amen. helping helping other people. Exactly. So. Amen. Yeah. So before we um end our conversation, I wanted to ask you some just some basic relationship questions. Um, you know, I know that the demographics of, of the podcast are usually young girls going all the way up to um adult women. Um, and I just wanted to just cover some grounds on relationship questions that I think you'll be able to answer. So um, the first one would be, um, how do you know if the relationship you are in is toxic? If you are, if you are not being pointed to God and God is not the center of it, that's first and foremost. Yeah. Um, you should be together making each other better. And God should be the center of that. So it's like a triangle. It's not a two, you know, it's not a two-way relationship. It's a triangle. Um, if God is not the center and they don't point you towards God, then that's a big, huge red flag. Um, also, if you are changing yourself, if you feel like, and it could be little things, like with mine, it was it was little things. I didn't notice until looking back. So yeah. Um, if you if you are changing the way you act or the way you think or the way you do things, if you're changing yourself at all, that's that's not good. Unless you're changing, of course, for the better is okay. Mm-hmm. If you are um, 
if you have, of course, faults and they're helping you get rid of those, of course, that's good. But if you're changing just your personality and then, you know, the way you look or the way you dress or the way they, they don't like the way you are, mm-hmm. then that's huge red flag. They should like you the way you are. <laughs> you shouldn't yeah. have to change yourself right now. Absolutely. That's good. Thank you. Um, the next question is, um, is a toxic relationship fixable? Um, I believe most of the time, it depends on what it is. Um, If it's abuse, any kind of abuse, does God change people? Yes, he can. He can change Mm -hmm. anyone. But the person has to, as shown in my years, (laughs) God Mm -hmm. does not just step in usually and, you know, change how you are. You have to be willing to change. So if the person is... If you're in an abusive relationship, I I would say no, <laughs> get out. Yeah. I would say get out of it because can God change them? Yes, but you don't want to be there through the abuse while that happens. Mm. I don't. I would I would say is our toxic relationship fixable? Yes, God can change everyone, but no, you need to step back and be out because you don't. You need to heal yourself too because as a result of toxic relationships you change too so i would say step out and get out of it yeah (laughs) if you see if you see big red signs yeah you need to get out of it maybe hey years down the road if you're both yeah you know if you if you're okay on your own and you fix yourself and they fix themselves maybe but no i would not stay around especially abuse any kind of abuse Mm -hmm. absolutely that's good thank you the next question is um are we supposed to be actively looking for a husband or should we wait for God to bring him to me? I, I was not looking. I, and I hear a lot of other people too. I don't think, I think if you are actively looking and trying and trying and trying, it's kind of desperation that leads you instead of God leading you to someone. You know what I mean? If you're so interested in, I just have to be with someone, I just have to be with someone, then you don't want that to be your leading point. You want God to be leading you to that person. Mm-hmm. So I think God's timing is perfect. If you just are happy with being by yourself, which that's so cliche, but it's so true. Uh-huh. <laughs> happy with being by yourself. Everyone says that, but it's so true. And it's, mm-hmm. it's hard, harder to do than it sounds. But um happy being alone, happy being by yourself, then you'll find that person because God's timing is everything. He he doesn't want you to be unhappy. He doesn't want you to be, he want, of course, he wants you to be happy. He wants you to be, give you the desires of your heart, but you have to seek him first. If you're busy seeking him, then I think the other stuff falls into place. Absolutely. That's good. That's great. All right. My next question is, how specific should I be with the type of husband I am praying for? Hey, I <laughs> I believe you should be specific. <laughs> um, don't settle. I mean, there's some things, little things that don't matter too much. But I know in my case, I got all those little things that don't matter too much. Like they're all there. Um, don't settle. If you if there's something you want in a person. I, I made a list when I was a teenager. I made a list after I got divorced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another list, maybe it changed. It changed over the years. Um, but I 
I would be, I am specific in my prayer requests and my, about anything. I'm specific, please God. But of course, God has his own plan, of course. But um, I would say, be specific, don't settle. Yeah. <laughs> don't settle out of desperation. Mm-hmm. It's true. I, I remember writing a list, you know, as a teenager and I think, it, you know, it's changed along the, along the years, just like you said. And I'm yeah. just so grateful that God, you know, he pretty much gave me everything that I wanted and more, you know, and I always tell Anthony that I'm like, right. man, like you, I got more than I asked for, <laughs> you know, cause it's just, God is just very detailed, you know, and he hears. Because he knows you. He knows exactly. your heart. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. That's good. So, Yeah. All right. Um, my next question is how long should I start dating if I am in the process of getting a divorce or should I wait for it to be finalized? And I honestly only answer that, you know, I ask you that question, you know, just, just because I myself have seen some old friends, um, you know, especially from, you know, my childhood, you know, who have gotten divorced and then, they quickly like move on and you know what I mean? I just, I've never gone through it, so I wouldn't know, but how long should someone just start dating? Should they wait, you know, for it to be finalized or I don't know. Well, well, if it's not finalized, you're still married. Exactly. (laughs) So I do think you should wait to be finalized Um, because if you're still married, yeah, you should not be looking at dating. Um, now I do believe each case is different. Mm-hmm. Like I took the long way, the long road, <laughs> the long broke, the long broken road. That was yeah. The <laughs> uh, to, to Omar, it was the long scenic route. <laughs> but um, I, I think every person is different. But um, I, first of all, you should it should be finalized. But um. You need to be healed. That's what I'm saying. Every person is different. If you are healed, if you think you are healed, if you don't take that long scenic route and you and you still mm-hmm. rely on God and you still and you don't do all the other stuff that messes it up, um, I mean, you could you could heal faster, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, mine was a long journey, seven years. It doesn't have to be like that. But I would say it's not so much a time thing as a healing thing. So exactly. If you're healed, then yes, sure, go ahead. If you really are ready to fix, you know, look in yourself and you, and you, not that you need to fix things yourself, it could have been the other person, mm-hmm. but you always have, everyone has their faults. If you're mm-hmm. ready, if you think you're ready to be in a, in a partnership again, because it's a partnership, um, mm-hmm. then sure go ahead but yes it needs to be the worst thing to be finalized but i think it's like it's not a it's not a time thing it's more a healing thing so it's different for each person that's good thank you and i'm just gonna ask you one more question um how can someone heal from a broken relationship so based off of your experiences you know if someone has a broken heart what would you how can you encourage them or what would you say to encourage them to you know go through this process and and heal it's time, time. <clears throat> it takes time. Um, you, first of all, rely on God. You need to have, that's where your relationship, if that person left, your relationship 
his focus should be on God. Mm-hmm. Um, because time and relationship with God and also surround yourself with people that will do the same thing that point you to God. Yeah. So people make sure you have support around you and talk about, I think talking about it helps so much. Don't um, try to hide things and try to be alone and heal yourself because of shame. You need to get out and talk to people and, and um, maybe counseling. I went to counseling for years. I went to counseling. Mm-hmm. And then um, I even went on antidepressants. Sometimes you need that. Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm not on them anymore, but sometimes your brain uh, stress and, and events will cause your brain chemicals to be imbalanced. Wow. And you need medicine for that sometimes. Mm-hmm. So if, if that's, I'd, I'd recommend surround yourself with people who love God and people that will support you. Look to God and that's number one support. And also counseling and even if, if you need medicine, that's fine too. That's okay. Because mm-hmm. we would, if you're sick, you go to the doctor and you get medicine. Same thing mm-hmm. for your brain. Sometimes your brain needs yeah. a reset, a jump start or something. So That's really um, good because, you know, the whole, you know, as Christians, we, we see you know, antidepressants and things like that. Like, a, it's like a stigma. It's like, you know, it's like, that's not something that we really talk about that people. Yeah. So if you pray hard enough, you will overcome. No, yeah. sometimes you need, if you, if you are sick, you need like medicine to heal yourself. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you do need that. Yeah. That's good. There's nothing that's wrong good. with that. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, <laughs> well, Rebecca, we did it. <laughs> Yay. Did it. So I just want to thank you again for joining me at the table today and thank you for sharing your story with us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Of course. And thank you all for tuning in to Benevolence, where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Benevolence Podcast or at I am Ceci Diaz to know a little bit more about me and Benevolence. Benevolence Podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, and the Stitcher app. Stay tuned for our new Benevolent Wednesday feature where different women share their stories of what God has done in their life and encourage each other to share their own story. Stay tuned for next Monday's episode of Benevolence. You don't want to miss it. Bye!